So I think that's something we have to all work on is to accept that 20% won't like you and let go and say, yeah, I don't have to please them because their feelings about me actually have nothing to do with me. It's all their own internal issues and yeah. go back about setting about being fabulous in your way and embracing all of the beautiful chapters in your life and, and go and serve. And I think if you're scared to try your ideas, I think it's selfish. I do. I think, I think it's really selfish not to share the gifts you have because you have gifts that no one else has. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. This episode is brought to you by Covey, the perfect skincare routine that's simple and effective with just three essentials for healthy skin. Shop the Covey routine at CoveySkin.com and get 10% off with code HelloBeauty. That's H-E-L-L-O-B-E-A-U-T-Y. To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, five stars would be lovely, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Hey there, Joyce Baton here and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Barb Stegman. She is the founder of Seven Virtues, an author and a social business innovator. Seven Virtues is a social enterprise and fragrance brand that provides jobs to farmers around the world who are rebuilding after war and strife, including Haiti, Madagascar, and Rwanda. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Barb. Hi, thanks for having me. I love that I'm, cool light story behind you there. That's so yes, cool. Look at that yes, name. I love it. Yes, it's called Hello Beauty. Oh, there. Adorable. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, so... I really want to jump right in because, you know, before we hit record, I was already telling you how excited I am to talk more about what you do because in college, I took a social entrepreneurship class and that was really what I wanted to end up in, you know, work for the Asian Development Bank and create like projects that really help the grassroots. But I ended up in the beauty industry, but you know, you're also in the beauty industry. So very interesting to me, Great. you know, for the benefit of the listeners. Talk to me about yourself and what led you to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. Well, we, um, I didn't set out to make perfume. I wasn't that girl. I had a normal life. And then my best friend was uh, serving in the forces in Afghanistan and he was severely wounded. So in the hospital, I said, you heal, I got this. And then I realized I don't got this. I'm not a brave soldier. I'm not a world leader. Oh my God. And then I realized, wait a second, women own the voting power. If we held hands, entire governments would rise and fall at our collective vote. We own the buying power. 80% of household decisions are made by women. So I took all that stoic wisdom that the boys used, that Churchill and all the great leaders used during war and strife, and I gave it to my sisters. So I wrote this book, The Seven Virtues of a Philosopher Queen, and it's empowered women to launch companies, end bullying, run for office. And then I brought the thesis to life, and I read about the farmers in Afghanistan, um, and they, the Taliban kept knocking over their distillery. And I was like, that's it. This is my way to carry on my best friend's mission. So I started buying their oils, started making perfume. And then countries started coming to me from around the world, Rwanda, Haiti, and we go wherever we're at. Uh, and it's just really organic, uh, as organic and clean as the perfumes are. It's really about responding to the world and where people want you. And um, oh, it's just such a meaningful, beautiful journey. It's taken us to 
you know, Rwanda to meet our farmers, Haiti, uh, you know, India, and and now, of course, um, with the world opening back up again, we're hoping to get back out there and and, and visit our farmers in our country. So it's, uh, and then we're in Sephora. Our perfumes are in Sephora. So it's uh, it's just a just the most beautiful journey. Even though it started out of pain, I think that's the key: is to find the beauty in your suffering, and know that it was sent to you for a reason. And find the gift in it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So before being an author and before being a social entrepreneur, what were you doing? Did you always have this fire in you? You know, like even before this um, incident with your best friend, were you always mm. searching for something for the the greater good? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I always was, you know, even though we were, we fell in hard times when I was little, I was raised by a single mom on social assistance, but I had all these really great teachers and a community and a lot of mentors who had high expectations of myself and my sister. And so we had a really great education. And I feel like in all of that, I was constantly reminded how fortunate I am that even though we struggled, we had all this wisdom and that, you know, I always felt like I was going to do something for good. And I thought I was going to be a social worker at first. So I actually, my undergrad was sociology and philosophy. And I, I wanted to be a social worker and I volunteered for three years with street youth. And I created like the study buddy program and I would take them to plays. And then when I was trained as a counselor and I had to go check behind the shower curtain to see if they had harmed themselves, I was like, oh my God, this was my life stream and I'm not strong enough for this. And that was a real blow, but at the same time, a real gift, because when you volunteer, you can really find out what you're made of and whether that's the direction. So I had to reassess my whole life. And uh, my next degree was journalism because I love communicating and writing. Uh, and then when Trevor was wounded, uh, it really merged kind of the confluence of wanting to be Basically, if a social worker started a business, it would be like mine. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the idea of, of communicating, storytelling, getting people ignited, using our platform for good, speaking up about these things, which is kind of the journalism background. And then this the social work aspect uh, of caring deeply, but, but through dignity, not through charity, through actual, you know, fair purchases. And, and, um, and then now we're, our newest perfume, Lotus Pear, you know, with the, for me, it was like this whole pandemic, I have a new mantra and it's get mad, take a bath, have a nap. And it's really <laughs> worked that. for me. Yeah. you got to get mad. Things are taken from you. You have to let it out and then go take a bath, turn off everything, stare at the trees and then have a nap and let your subconscious mind do the work. And I find that when you wake up, we've all been there. You're not in the weeds anymore and you have answers. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me to kind of deal with what's happening in Afghanistan, how they've been set back so far. And mm -hmm. I was doing some research and I found this Pantone called Period Red. And I was like, what is this? Wow. And learned all about period poverty. And mm -hmm. I had no idea that really the only way to end war is to end period poverty. So what we found out was, you know, these girls in Nepal or Haiti, Afghanistan, when they're on their periods, they're not allowed to eat with their families. They have to live in a shed with the animals while they're bleeding. Uh, tell me that doesn't hurt your self-esteem, mess with your head. Then you never get to go to school. So you never have a woman actually running for mayor 
in those communities saying, hey, no guys, you don't get to behave like that. So, and then I'd take it further. When I would go to Haiti, I'd wonder why are these women having 14, 16 babies? You know, I'm half Catholic. So I would, I'd be like, you know, do we have to talk to the Pope? Like what's going on here? Why are they having mm -hmm. 16 babies? Come to find out after doing our work with Days for Girls, because we sponsored 700 women in Nepal with our new perfume. Uh, they don't want to be on their periods, makes sense. So by the time they've had their 14th baby, they hand it to a stranger, hoping they'll feed it because they can't feed it. And the baby's best case scenario is an orphanage in Haiti. And that's not a good life, but that's the best case scenario. Then it's the sex trade. So we could end the sex trade and war if we actually end period poverty around the globe. And also then you start to realize it's here at home too in North America. You know, uh, pads and tampons have a luxury tax on them. Excuse me, like it's a luxury. And mm -hmm. you can get Viagra on your insurance, but you can't get pads and tampons, excuse me. So we have a long way to go with our governments and start really changing this so that, because one in three women in North America suffer from period poverty. So this is my, my sort of, I woke up to the root of war, poverty, sex trade. It's making sure women on their periods are taken care of so they can go to that job, go to school, not be stressed. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot that hasn't been done for women and we need, need to start talking about it and need to start taking action on it. I agree a hundred percent. Why didn't you stop with just being an author? I mean, of course, an author is not just a title. No, no, I know, I know. You, right? you reach like millions of readers and of people that can read your story, you know, especially with what your advocacy is. Yeah. But yeah. What compelled you to start your social enterprise? That's a great question. I two things you know you, you've probably all had an experience where you follow your instincts and it tells you something or you have a dream or a vision a knowing mm -hmm. a lot of ceos follow that some call it god some call it instinct we won't know till we die call it whatever you want it's the mystery of life which is fabulous there's a body mind soul and so there's the, the divine in our lives so on the back of the book i always saw a perfume bottle and i'd be like that's just really pretty that'd be really pretty and i would tell everybody like I just see a perfume, it's just so pretty. And then uh, as I kept reading about Afghanistan and, and trying to help carry on my best friend Trevor's mission, I read about this man, Abdullah, and he was growing the orange blossom. And I knew that was the perfume bottle that I saw. And if I bought his oils to help the farmers get off the illegal poppy, which is 90% of the world's heroin, that I could actually carry on his mission. So I knew right away, I flew to Ottawa immediately, met with CETA, which is like um, US, um, uh, US aid, like the kind of you know government groups that help you find NGOs. And I just started buying his oils from him and we launched an International Women's Day and we uh, broke even in six weeks. I put it all my visa wow. card, banks wouldn't give me a loan. Nobody believed in this idea. And uh, I couldn't not do it because there was a knowing and I, and I want everyone watching or listening to be reminded of this. If you have a knowing, if your instincts, if your gut are telling you something that you need to do, you need to follow it. And it's very art of war and Sun Tzu's art of war. The idea is study, 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 exert and exert rapidly when you know. So you're doing the study. I was doing the study in the hospital, talking to Trevor. I was doing the study, reading about Afghanistan. The minute I, I, I read about Abdullah and aligned it with the vision I had, it was exert was on a plane within a week, buying the oils he had, mobilizing. And so, uh, you know, it's not unlike Michelangelo said, you know, with a painting, the painting is years and years of thinking. And then when you splash the paint on the canvas, that's just the end, that's the exert. 
And the same thing with any ideas you have, if you've been thinking about something for years, you know, exert when all the elements come together. And I also think to, to answer your great question, um, I felt like if I just wrote about it and didn't walk on glass too, then who am I to ask you to come walk on glass with me? Like, who am I to teach you to go and do these things that are hard if I'm not going to go do it as well? And mm -hmm. so it was by bringing the thesis to life, literally as it comes up out of the book, I feel like the perfumes are just one example of this wisdom. And if I can do it, so can you, right? And maybe you will consider going back and doing your social enterprise because I'm here to be your sounding board. I'm with you. Oh my you, gosh, absolutely. Right? It's actually, I think yeah. in my DNA, because like what I mentioned, yeah. I grew up around that. My dad was part of, you know, the government and we've always tried to come up with projects to help the grassroots and work with the local um, government units. And wow. so this is really like, I love like what you're doing and speak, you talked about, you know, just um, executing your ideas. And I watched some of your speaking engagement and you mentioned that you need to be protecting your ideas like you would your baby or your child. Can you speak more about this? Yeah, oh my God, you really did your homework. I love you, you're excellent. <laughs> uh, it was a, a Socrates quote, I love Socrates. Uh, you know, Socrates drank the hemlock, he wouldn't compromise his ethics, and he's kind of considered the father of you know, Socratic philosophy, Socrates. And he said that women should value giving birth to their ideas as much as they value giving birth to their children. So if someone wanted to harm your child, you would kick them to the curb. Someone wants to harm your idea, you protect that idea. And I've had to protect my ideas in front of Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary. Mm. He was on our show, Dragon's Den, in front of millions of people. And that's okay. And, you know, really, it's really critical that you protect those ideas. And, and I, I call it the cheeky Socratic method. Yeah. So people told me, you know, you'll never get that perfume into the perfume store. And I just asked one question back when they said, you'll never get that perfume into the perfume store. I said, why? Is that what happened to you the last time you made a perfume? <laughs> and no, they never made a perfume. So I want everyone to know, don't listen to someone that's got unsolicited advice on something they know nothing about. And how many people stop their great actions, their great ideas, because someone who may matter to them just flippantly said, you can't do that. And that person has no right doing that. But even if it comes from a place of love and they don't want you to scrape your knee, it's okay to fall and scrape your knee and get back up. And you build wisdom by doing that. Wise people, when you meet them, they didn't get there without scraping their knees and getting back up. So if we're gonna always protect ourselves and sugarcoat ourselves and bubble wrap ourselves, we're never gonna get that wisdom. We're never gonna take our ideas to action. And then they'll just be sad ideas. And I think <laughs> the saddest thing right on earth is just an idea that never got attempted or tried. When, you know, if you believe in your soul, it, it comes with an imprint of knowledge and an imprint of service on this earth. So if you have those conflicting urges where you're inside is saying, I need to do this, but your outside mortal part is kind of keeping you out of the way. Mm -hmm cast off all the ego, cast off all the distraction and get setting about to listen to your soul and your divine inner voice. All CEOs listen to it, their instincts, listen to your divine inner voice. And I promise you it'll never set you astray ever. Even if it's the craziest idea, you will be fine ultimately. And people, they don't teach us that, do they? Yeah, no, they don't. And I know that's it's like usually it's easier said than done. And like I feel like, you know, you just reminding me of those points truly inspires me. It's easier said than done, but how do you nourish and develop this type of confidence? Yeah, you live it. It's daily practice, daily practice like a muscle. So, you know, 
you you have to rip a muscle. Uh, so the 13th pushup is hard, the 14th is harder, the 15th, you don't think you can do it, but that's where you rip it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to do the 15th pushup and you have to rip it. So you have to, ri- it's like daily practice, you have to rip these muscles. And the only way to rip those muscles is to have someone make fun of you. I'm not saying go out and invite it. There's no <laughs> shortage of it. You need someone to doubt you. You need someone to underestimate you. You need somebody to un- undervalue and you need to then get fired up and take action. I think we are more inspired by those who underestimate us. Ones who challenge us and say, you can't do that are the ones that get us fired up. Hopefully, you know, if you let that stop you, then it's a lost dream and that's sad. That's really sad. We don't want to be, you know, uh, I want everybody listening, watching to think about something you really want to do on this earth and that you've been grappling with or conflicted about and not able to maybe set about it. And I want you to zap yourself to 95 and you're at the end of your days and you have a lot of regrets and I want you to examine them. When you're finished examining all your regrets, I want you to come back to now because now you have the chance to make sure that you are not that old person saying I should have, I would have, I could have. You have the chance to do it. And so that little exercise has always helped me zapping yourself to the end examining all your regrets and then I zap you back to now you can go do it yeah it's no, I love that. right yeah yeah I love that absolutely so the seven virtues is a common theme with you as it's the title of your book and the name of your perfume brand what are the seven virtues oh you asked the best question mm-hmm. so I took the main four stoic that Churchill and all the boys use truth courage, justice, wisdom, but I added three more to the book for women. And men have read it too. It's just that (laughs) my mom didn't talk to me about Adam Smith and capitalism. And I feel like it's a language that we uh, owe to our sisters, our daughters, ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I added wonder, balance, and beauty. So the first one's wonder instead of judgment. And everything you need will appear guaranteed if you stay in a state of wonder. But the minute you judge yourself or someone else, you're not going to think you're worth it. You're not going to think it's worth it. So it's daily practice not to judge yourself. The next one's balance. Of course, you know, we forget that you have to honor your body, mind, soul. If you give too much attention to your body and not your soul, there's going to be a skip. Plato called it the good life. You have the good life when you take care of your body, mind, soul. So honor your soul, listen to it. Get mad, take a bath, have a nap. You know, really listen to your subconscious. Educate your mind, read something, stretch it. Take a concept that you, you're not really familiar with and go work on it. And your body. Rip that muscle, go for your walks, go for your workouts, take that time every day. I don't care what your schedule is like. And that harmony of all three is critical. So wonder balance truth. You know, I think it's really critical that we're honest with ourselves and not in living in the sort of bad faith, living in myths, living in what is easier. Oh, I can't do that because my mom couldn't do it or, or whatever kind of myths mm-hmm. you've taught yourself. We all live in them and we have to, we have to cast those off and live our truth and really go live it. It's not easy, but it's so rewarding, right? Uh, And then courage, of course, it takes courage. Um, You know, I think one of the most important and courageous things you can do, it comes from Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, He came up with logotherapy on protecting your joy. I think protecting your joy is critical. 
anything that can come between you and your joy, you need to not go near. So I joke that if there's an email I don't want to read that might be, make me unhappy, I get my hot husband to read it. It's really hot. I love it. Hot, hot. I'll be like, I'm so hot. I can't hear a word he's saying. I'll be like, would you, you're so pretty. I can't. <laughs> so, but yeah, and then he'll, and then he'll read the email and go, it's fine. But it's like, great, but I want to protect my joy. So have little custom that ensure that, so if maybe you go on your Instagram feed and you're seeing things that are upsetting you, don't go on it or turn off the feed and turn off the feed and only go specifically to where it's going to make you happy. Why would you expose yourself to depressing thoughts that turn your day off? Yeah, I, don't. I actually unfollow people that depress me. Good for you, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, my feed's very curated with like my interests, something that I can learn from. I'm, obviously, I still follow some news channel just to be updated, mm -hmm. but like people that just, for some reason, give me negative vibes, or I feel yeah. like that shouldn't even take up space in my brain. I unfollow right. them. Yeah, absolutely. That's very healthy. I want everyone doing what you're doing. I think it's really critical that you protect your joy. And the, the way Viktor Frankl came up with the methodology of protecting your joy is very sad, but it was beautiful because we used it with Captain Green in the hospital. So basically, uh, Viktor Frankl lost his wife. He lost his great book, his scientist doctor in the Holocaust. And he was in the middle of hell in a concentration camp. And one night he looked out through the barbed wire fence in hell. And he saw this glorious sunset and he was washed over with joy. So these beautiful purples and reds and oranges. And he realized in that moment that no one can take your joy from you. And logotherapy has been used for people around the world that have gone through heinous things. And we used it with Trevor. You know, this man that used to go running across the bridge for fun and he would walk girls across campus to make sure they got home safely uh, uh, during a party. He was suddenly laying like this and he couldn't move. Oh, and no. now, like after years of rehab, he is like so amazing. He's written a best-selling mm -hmm. book. He married his wife, Debbie. He had a baby boy, Noah. But at that time, it was tough. And we would remind him that the sound of his, his daughter's laugh, the stroke of his fiance's hand on his cheek, the sound of sting on the ghetto blaster, that's your joy. And I think for all of us, it's critical when you're having a bad moment or uh, some sort of bad experience that you stop and, and protect your joy and think about the things that bring you joy and go experience them right away. And, and really protect your joy because if you don't, like anything over time, it, it can etch anger into your face. It can etch bitterness into your soul. I think when you let people take your joy from you over time, it can imprint in you. And, and the, the only way to stay filled with wonder and joy and protect that eight-year-old innocence you know, that eight-year-old, I can do anything and I love yeah. everybody and I love that. We can <laughs> stay like that as long as we don't let others come into our space. And so, yeah, truth, courage, justice. Uh, the philosophers believe justice is the natural order. Um, uh, wisdom, I love the wisdom of Solomon. You know, the idea of, of having mentors, having a mission statement for your life. Mm. Very critical to know where you're taking your life. If you don't, then anyone can knock you off. So if you don't have a mission statement for your life, it's really important to really reflect and get one. Mine is to obtain the wisdom of Solomon by the time I'm 96. And so what's really cool about that is, you know, I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still bumbling along as a human. So I'm kind to myself, but I always seek out mentors and I always go where the smart people are. And I always ask questions if I don't know the answer and I'm okay challenging. I will challenge everybody, my merchant, everybody, and everybody puts up with it, but it's because I want to get to the answers and I want to know 
what we need to do. And I want to understand why. And I think that's wisdom. And I think that we, what's so great about wisdom is you don't have to have the highest IQ. You don't have to be the smartest. But what's wild about wisdom is that it goes on autopilot, especially if you have a mission statement for your life. So when I went on Dragon's Den and like Shark Tank and the investors wanted to know if we had a deal, they offered me the money and for the percentage of my company. And most people, because I was out of my garage then, I'm outside right now, it's a little bug there. Um, uh, most people would be like, yes, we have a deal. Instead, I was like, do I get your wisdom and your counsel? Because I wanted a mentor, not just an investor. And my investor said, you'll have trouble ignoring us and became my mentor and friend and investor. But I don't think I personally would have said, do I get your wisdom and your counsel? That was my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So if you set a mission statement in your life, let it do the work. Just like let your subconscious do the work. You don't have to always be working on it. Let, let, there's parts of your brain that are untapped. So having a purpose and a direction where you're taking your life, no one can knock you off it. And then the seventh virtue is beauty. But beauty in the Michelangelo sense. Michelangelo, you know, one of the greatest philosophers, artists, he believed that beauty is expression over form. So what's form? You're born in the Twiggy era and you're skinny. You'd say, that's not your beauty. You're born in the Renaissance. You're voluptuous. You'd say, that's not your beauty. Your beauty is your expression and that's your power and your dignity. And if we taught our daughters that their beauty is their power and their dignity, we would not lose little girls to eating disorders. We would not lose women to the streets. We would not lose women to the billion dollar cost for wife battery in our countries annually. So even if you don't get along with someone, you can still make sure that you honor their power and dignity and protect yours. And that's really our true beauty. And I think that's to me why philosophy is so exciting and so refreshing, even though it's 2,400 year old wisdom. And it's so accessible because it's free. You can sit and read a philosophy book and learn from all these people that worked so hard and, and glean all of the great, you know, powerful wisdom that can't fail you. I wrote a book on it. It's an eighth edition. I'm still like, wow, this works. I'm always just like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm never taking it for granted or just, it's always, I'm always in awe of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy because this leads me to my next question. Here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? And I know you've already touched a bit on that. Yeah, yeah, that's my philosophy in my podcast. Oh, I love it. Well, there's so much to that. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. so much. Well, I'll talk about aging first Mm -hmm. because I'm just turned 53 and I decided at 53, I'm just going to get more glamorous every year. I've made a decision that I'm I'm no longer going to age. I'm just going to get more glamorous. So I treat myself to like Chanel glasses and I, I buy outfits that are fabulous. And I, I treat myself to things I wouldn't have spoiled myself with before. And I'm learning all about makeup and how to apply it and contour and things I didn't do. When I was younger, my generation wasn't like yours. And so we didn't have Sephora when I grew up. We went to the drugstore and got some crappy bad shade foundation that didn't match your face, right? That's kind of what you did. And then you were like, oh, I don't want to wear foundation because it's so gross. Like you just didn't have a good experience with any of it. Yes. Now, you know, there's so many natural things you can do, natural kinds of beauty products. So I'm really stepping up the glamour. I'm kind of like, that's what I want to do every year annually, get more and more glamorous, mildly more outrageous, more um, fabulous. Why, why not? And I love it. I mean, your sunglasses. Right? I'm so jealous. Are they of your fun? 
Yeah. These are my actually, these are my prescription glasses. So I took my Ray-Bans, went to my eye doctor and I said, channel my Gloria Steinem. So she did a fade on my prescription glasses yeah. and it took a year to get them done right. Like it would, they kept sending them back. Cause I was like, no, it's gotta be gradiated fade. And so I love them. And I call them my don't fuck with me glasses. Aren't they fun? So like everybody love loves them. them mm-hmm. Right. So just doing fun things that you wouldn't normally do as you age. So that to me is aging. Aging is becoming more and more glamorous every year. And then the other beauty in you is to always give away everything you have. I give away everything I have. I love, it's like loaves and fishes. Everything just showers down, rains more. But I love, I will just randomly give my Uber driver full cash and gifts and books and perfume if I hear his sad story and um, (laughs) feels good making his day. And I, I feel like everyone's brought to you for a reason. And it's not really about the Uber driver. It's never about perfume. It's not really about being in a store. It's about souls dancing and I think that when you're brought to another soul I think really exciting things can happen so it's more about talking to a soul rather than a person's age or a person's gender or a person's culture it's talking to their soul and magic happens when you really tune into someone's soul and uh yeah I I think and that's just when you're being present if you're really present you're going to hear things that you might not have listened to before if you were occupied with being you know self-conscious about something and we don't want to be that way we want to be like just really present when you arrive somewhere and really able to read the room and see what's going on around you so that you can you know find opportunities to help you make your dreams come true and and find the kinds of people that you need around you to lift you to where you need to be and they're all there it's all there for you it's just the mindset on how you see it right but if you're all occupied thinking oh, my hair doesn't look good or, oh, I didn't put my makeup on right or whatever, then you're not going to be listening because you're so preoccupied. So it's really about being centered and very feeling very good with how you present yourself physically, spiritually, intellectually and enjoy it and be okay making the odd mistake. It's how you yeah. gain wisdom, right? I love it. And yeah, usually, yeah. And usually it's all in your head, you know, no one's really always all in your head. Yeah, no one's, yeah, nobody cares. No one's, no one's looking at your makeup, your hair. No, they're not. (laughs) And, and the other thing to add to that is if they are, you have to remember that 20% of the people are never going to like you anyway. 20% (laughs) of the people will never like you. And if someone doesn't like you because you remind them of their cousin, it has nothing to do with you. And you could bend over backwards all day long to please them. And they're still never going to like you. They have nothing to do with you. You were not put on this earth to serve some random person who doesn't like you. But why do we focus on the one who doesn't like us? So I think that's something we have to all work on is to accept that 20% won't like you and let go and say, yeah, I don't have to please them because their feelings about me actually have nothing to do with me. It's all their own Mm -hmm. internal issues and go back about setting about being fabulous in your way and embracing all of the beautiful chapters in your life and and go and serve and I think if you're scared to try your ideas I think it's selfish I do I think I think it's really selfish not to share the gifts you have because you have gifts that no one else has and when you don't share them I think that's really selfish because they weren't given to you to keep to yourself and I think that's the only way to break through fear and break through and feel courageous 
you know, when I went on Dragon's Den, I was terrified, you know, that you go in the den, just like Shark Tank, and you face these investors, they can really grill you, and it can be awful. Um, and all I could think of was, you know, it's not my win, it's not my loss. So my ego was out. And if I lost, it didn't matter if I win, doesn't matter. All I could think of was the chance to tell millions of people that we need to do trade with nations rebuilding, I got over my fear. And what was exciting was I was the first social enterprise ever to get a deal and it opened the floodgates wow. to others. So, you know, when you're brave, you have no idea that you're actually trailblazing for others to come through. And that's a critical piece of being human and being in a community is to trailblaze. Uh, but when you're a trailblazer or a game changer, it means you're going to walk on glass because no one's done it before you. And that's okay too, right? But just be all right with that. Um, but you're going to give courage to others and create legacies behind you. And I think that's really important to, to create a better world, a better footprint than we found when we leave. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I want to talk about your beautiful perfumes. Oh, talk to me. Ab- yeah. yeah. Talk to me about the perfumes you produce at Seven Virtues yeah. and what makes it so precious. Well, they're all, this is the new Lotus pair. It's yeah. been in my makeup bag. So I got a little bit of Yeah. So beautiful. They have aromatherapy on the back. So this one's made with sustainably sourced geranium from Egypt and upcycled rose. So we upcycle uh, rose water and orange water that would normally be thrown out. So we're really being sustainable. Um, It's also good for improving focus, uh, mood balancing and feeling blissful. And because of the aromatherapy, you bring joy to everyone around you. Oh, I love that. And right. And then the actual product itself because they're in the they're clean plus planet positive, um, there's only 21 brands at Sephora that earned this audit. And it's because our head office is solar powered. We drive electric cars. I actually just drive a bicycle. Um, we really, we're not perfect, but we do our very best to um, leave a better footprint. I don't eat meat. Um, our brand is vegan. Uh, mm. uh, so we, we're just trying to do our best, um, but also enjoy it as well. I'm, I can make a really mean vegan cheese. Like it's actually good, like a smoked oh, vegan cheddar that is like insane. And people can't tell the difference when it's on the yeah. tray with the other cheeses. So From like kind cashew of- or something. Cashew, yeah, oh, yeah. Yum. Yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's an Italian restaurant down the street here in West Hollywood that I go to. There's like, it's like burrata cheese, but it's not Ooh. like real, you know, cheese. Right? So good, yeah. yeah. So good, so good for your heart. Because mm-hmm. the cashews are good for your heart where yeah. animal fat's not good for your heart. So you're doing a lot of good things for yourself and the planet when you do those things. Um, so our perfumes, so now, okay, they're clean. So they don't have phthalates or parabens or sulfates. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to help farmers, I don't want to harm your skin. So I've always been clean before there was a word for it, before it was cool. Um, so then I, I actually did the Sephora Accelerate program where they helped me kind of pivot and do a rebrand. And Oh, While nice. I was there, yeah, it was really good. Only 10 women get in. They really, I think 1,800 women apply. And I, I, that's why I'm exclusive with Sephora. They really saved my little brand and, and helped me pivot. Um, but they, they really had me thinking and reflecting about how to make a long-lasting, clean perfume. And we really cracked the code on how to do it. So what we do is mm. we double the fragrance oils. So because there's no phthalates or parabens or hormone inhibitors, we had to double the fragrance oils to 25%. So instead of 10% fragrance oils, they're 25. And then we infuse them with organic sugarcane alcohol. So it's kind of like tasting an organic wine or biting into an organic peach, just tastes better. So the actual, (laughs) yeah, right. The juice (laughs) is so beautiful and you don't have to take the the blotter and wave it to get the alcohol smell off, to get to know the scent right away. And I feel like that about me. Like, I feel like 
I want to meet you. I want to be your friend right away. I don't want to like wait to get to know you. So my perfumes are like right away. You just feel happy. And, and I think that's really important. They just, they bring so much happiness. Then people write us and tell us stories of how one lady met her husband wearing her perfume. Oh so cute. I know she was, she was in the um, coffee shop lineup and she was wearing uh, one of her perfumes and this man behind her was saying, Oh my God, you smell good. And then she told him the story of the farmers and he fell in love with her soul because of oh who she gosh. is and what she cares about, right? So, <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of guys are cute. They'll buy our perfumes for all their friends because they want all their friends to think they're really like, they care about the world. And they do, but it's kind of like, <laughs> the best way to show someone you are really thoughtful yeah. is to buy our perfume because it tells mm. the story of our farmers and the mission that we're on. So it's, it's really fun. It's, you know, finding beauty in our suffering is critical, I think. Yeah, actually the um the perfumes that Casey gave me, I gave like one little tester to my friend who actually is um experiencing breast cancer right now. So, you know, mm. I, I was like, this is really great for you because um it's like not only is it safe for the skin, you know, it's not non-irritating. But she's like, Oh yeah, cool, great. And then I don't know, for some reason I just like thought about it again. I was like, hey, you know, um, I'm not trying to be pushy or anything, but like this. This perfume, you know, I talked about like its mission statement and what it does. It's just like, oh my God, like, you know, I've been using it actually, but it makes me love it even more, like knowing Aww. that the story behind this. So yes. it's like, you know, not only that she, you know, genuinely liked it, but she just didn't know about it, right? But the, the story behind it. And so she's wow. like such a fan. And she's like, I'm not honest, I'm not honestly like a perfume wearer, but now wow. I am because of this brand. Oh, uh, well, you write me and let me know through Amanda what uh, what perfume she likes. We'll send her a copy of my book and perfume because she's going through a lot right now. So let's give her some love from her yeah. sisters. No, actually, um, I did give her the book because I, I poured over oh, your book. I read it so quickly that I was amazing. like, you need to read oh. it. So I gave her like a sample um, that Casey gave me and also the book because I was like, oh. you know, this is something that will really like inspire you. And I mean, I am I cannot speak about what you're going through, but this really was, you know, I think it invigorated my, you know, inspiration and my goals in life. So I did share it with her already. Oh, and now I want my friend. own copy. And now yeah, I will we'll send you one. So you, you, you write us, give us your address again and we'll, yeah, we'll replace yeah. it. That was very yeah. nice of yeah. you. Yeah, no, I think it's like, it's amazing. And like what I said, like this um, business really is close to my heart because I know, you know, this whole world of social entrepreneurship and I just love the passion and the vigor that um, these people are a part of. And I just really see how, you know, I just love that there is another type of like mission that people are trying to accomplish instead of just, okay, I just want to be the top seller in Sephora yeah. or Credo uh, Beauty, yeah. you know, it's not even right. it's not about them. It's not selfish. No, no that's right. It's, 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 I believe in, I call it the return on love. If you lead with the ROL, the ROI follows. We don't lead with the return on investment. You know, a lot of business people like Kevin O'Leary are always like, what's your return on investment? Yeah. Like, I, don't care. I don't care. It's the return on love. What are we doing to make the world a better place? And what are we doing to give clients a product that is, you know, healing and mm -hmm. uh, healing the earth and healing for the wearer. And I think that that's what we're here to do is to, to heal one another and bring beauty and joy to one another, no matter what we're going through. So yeah, we don't care about the numbers. 
although we are number one, we still, (laughs) (laughs) like we we said, it falls naturally. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. And it's funny because I've been at this for 12 years and I took my first paycheck in December. (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess everyone's all right. Farmers are okay now. I can finally take the salary. So um, we really, it was just a labor of love, really. I love that. You know, it's great. So I know you love beauty and you love being glamorous. Quickly talk to me about your hair care, makeup, and skincare Mm. routine, morning to night, include products. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, I, I don't wash my hair very often. So this might be like day four. It's pretty bad. But I just, I use that, that scrunchy stuff. Um, it's like a, a spirulina. It's got mm-hmm. actual spirulina. I, IDK, I think is the brand. Do you know the brand? IGK. IGK, or I, IGK, yeah, IGK yeah. Yeah. sorry. IGK makes cool stuff. So I got some cool scrunchy stuff. And um, there's another one called, is it Annika? Am- Amica. Um, um, I think Amica, like letter A, starts with letter A, right? I think so. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So those two. So the spirulina one that you spray when you do your blow dry is mm-hmm. magic, smooths the hair. And the other one, Amica, whatever it's called, Amica, they have like, um, it's like very watery and you just pour it on your hair in the shower. And when you come out, your hair is so smooth. I'm like Ooh. freaking out. Freaking I need out. that. <laughs> I got a sample yeah. from Sephora and then I bought like the mega bottle because I cannot live without it. So right now I'm, I'm like day four or five. So obviously it's not like smooth out of the shower, new hair. It's mm-hmm. like day four or five. Um, so that, those are my two favorite hair things. I love Ilia. I oh, love yeah. the Ilia clean makeup. Yeah. They have a, um, a tinted sunscreen that's mm-hmm. like in a bottle with a pipette yes. and it's smoothing and it fills all the cracks and little things. So yeah, I really it's like love a serum that. in a bottle, but you know, foundation Magic. as well. Yeah, it's sunscreen. All. Yeah. It's got it all. It's got it all. That is my favorite go-to. And also, um, what else do I like? I like Fenty. I like her uh like lip glosses. Mm-hmm. They're really good. And what else do I do? I use sunscreen every day. I use mm-hmm. Supergoop and I use um else do you use it it's like a rodin and fields rodin and fields a friend of mine is a rep and i buy Mm -hmm. their 50 sunscreen it is magical um what else uh that's pretty much it i like oh i like that the fake tan sun drops too oh yeah yeah it's like a little bronzy you just put it in your moisturizer um and i like oh yeah i forgot my favorite moisturizer is skin fix it's mm. very natural, clean. And the founder, um, Amy Gardner, is a good friend of mine. And she used to work with Joe Malone and oh, Joe Malone herself, right? And so oh, she wow. believed in me when I launched my perfume out of my garage. So like, yeah. she's always been with me. It's good to have a, like a bestie who, you know, knows what she's doing, but also believed in you in the very beginning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, so she's in the skincare industry and to have a friend that I can talk to about clean beauty with who's mm-hmm. in the same field when we deal mm-hmm. with issues and challenges is really important when there's supply chain and your caps are sitting outside of the New York Harbor for a month and you can't get your caps. Like it's hard and you get deadlines. And so stuff like that happens. So even though you've got all these altruistic concerns about the world, there's the reality that, you know, supply chain can be tricky, especially yeah. during a pandemic. Right. Yeah, so yeah. having a friend to talk to through that, but yeah, those are my, some of my favorite products. I love, I love it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. What is something exciting in store for you? Could be personal and or seven virtues. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of things are exciting right now. I'm giving talks. So my agents mm-hmm. booked me and I, so I spoke to 1300 women in Alabama this week oh, at a wow. big yeah, leadership conference. So great. I'm going to Atlanta next week to speak at a, a leadership conference. Then I'm going to two days later, I go to Memphis and Elvis was my first album. So I want to oh, go to Graceland. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then I go to a college in Dallas and they're having a big social enterprise competition for like a quarter of a million dollars in funding. Yeah. So I'm going to be their keynote and, and just share with them their future. And so I feel like the world is, is pretty cool that there's, um, you know, that, that things are happening. I don't feel alone anymore. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. And then the other thing, that I love is I'm a member of Soho House, which is like creative oh, people. Yes, yes. And I love going to Soho House. And I, even though I don't have a Soho House in my town, I've decided that on my 55th birthday in two years, I'm going to go around the world and stay at every Soho House. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> How fun would that be, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Everywhere and just go and like be around creative people. So mm-hmm. that's my freedom 55. That's my big yeah. thing. I'm really I go to about. the one in, um, in West Hollywood. I love so, that one. There's a, there's a new one now, I think coming up. Isn't there a second one being, there's a second one being um, built. There's one downtown LA. There's the WeHo one. And then there's apparently another one coming in. That's yeah, Hollywood. that's what I heard. And I just love how when you're there, you can just like meet random people. And then we're like, oh yeah, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. I'm like, please, right? you know? Right? <laughs> yeah. So cool. It's great networking and it's fun. And it's just, I love the creativity and to find a place where you can go and be around other creatives. Yeah. You just, you just soak up the energy. It's yeah. just so beautiful. So yeah, I even got memberships for my kids. I'm just like, all of us oh. need to be <laughs> always at Soho House. I yeah. 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 So I get That's what amazing. you mean too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it definitely feeds the soul when you're there, you know, like right? I'm re-inspired all over again. Right. And it's yeah. good to have that kind of place to go to. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I love it. Yeah. Um, tell us your social channel so that they can find more about you and seven virtues. Yeah. So we all have on Instagram, we have at the seven virtues and at Barb Stegman. We have them on Twitter as well. Um, I think there's, yeah, there's at the seven virtues on TikTok. Uh, mostly Instagrams were more, more active. Um, and then Facebook, I don't know if anybody uses that anymore, but we're on Facebook <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. And LinkedIn, um, I have about 11,000 contacts on LinkedIn. So oh. uh, if, you, if you want some networking, just make me your friends and I'll you can connect with my network because I feel like, you know, the stronger you are, the stronger I am and your network is your net worth. So it's all about meeting people that can help lift you up on your journey and get you to your goals. And, you know, like us today, if you want to do your social enterprise, I'm here for you. You know, oh, it's, that's it's so really sweet. important because yeah. we'll leave a better footprint on this earth, right? Yeah. And especially with, you know, my platform as Hello Beauty, I really want to do something about that and connect it to yeah. probably a social enterprise. So right? I'm, you know, it's already been in, ever since like I've started this. It's like there's something more to it than a podcast. And I'm already reaching like great numbers of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm very flattered that people look on to me for like good influence so that's like a, a thing that I take seriously so yeah I really, well, I really great questions you're oh, very well you. researched thank you know your you. stuff and I think you would do 
a beautiful product and I think you should, it threads right into your, your, your theme and we're all here to help you because you're just a natural and uh, I'm very excited to see you. And then, you know, I'm in Sephora, so people can find us there. We want to see more social enterprises come to Sephora. So let's get more women launching social enterprise beauty products and really leave that better footprint. Yeah, and especially with, um, you know, my, you know, fellow people from the Philippines. There's just so many talented people right. from the Philippines and we just have, like we're oozing with great resources, great talent, wow. great people. So I'm excited to explore more on that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you come up with. Well, you can always count on me. I'll always be your sounding board. And oh, thank uh, you, that yeah. means a lot. Oh, my yeah. pleasure. It's exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so caring much. so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Barb. I had such a great yeah. time, not me only too. knowing about Seven Virtues, but you. You're such an inspiration Aww. and definitely, you know, I'm sure to like millions of people. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, you reach out anytime. We're here for you.